0: Hello there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. We are so thrilled that you have taken the time to join myself, John Baccasino, and my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, good morning. Hello, John Boccasino. Always good to have the two of us here talking Bill Eve with you. We are here to get you ready for what seems like a game that has been so far in the making. I mean, doesn't it seem like, Jamie, we've been talking about, you know, the home opener and even like the win over the Rams. It was 11 days ago, but it feels like it was so much longer since when the last time the Bills actually suited up. Man, it really does.
1: It's almost like we went through a mini offseason after the, the opening week, and there was so much fanfare, and I was so excited about the Bills' performance But at this point, I'm ready
0: to talk about a different game. You can only bask in the glory of a win like that for so long, you know, and like, just think if the Bills had lost, obviously there would have been trepidations and heads being hung low over a loss to the Rams. But I feel like you're right. There's almost this kind of like hangover effect after this victory where, all right, let's get going. You know, we saw the entire slate of games on Sunday and Monday. We saw the Chiefs and the Chargers on Thursday and the Bills have to wait until the first of two uh, Monday night games this week, which, by the way, Jamie, I do not like that. I mean, I like the fact that it's an earlier kickoff because it means for those of us going to the game who have to travel, we won't get home at like two thirty in the morning, most likely. But I don't like the fact that the NFL has two monday night games that are overlapping it themselves this week
1: yeah i I don't understand why they would do that that just seems uh that seems foolish if if for no other reason they're costing themselves advertising dollars like they're competing with themselves
0: what's the point i don't think they're making money by having the overlap i mean think about it if you're You know, you know, the bills are a ratings bonanza. You know, people are going to tune in and watch that game. So why would you then have a game that should be pretty darn good in its own right? The Eagles and the Vikings starting at 830 when the bills and Titans kick off at 715. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Vikings are my dark horse in the NFC this year. I I think that they're going to be they're going to be outstanding this year and the Eagles and Jalen hurts look like a team that you should be buying into at this point. I would like to watch that game. Not going to (laughs) happen.
0: Yeah. I I don't understand what the powers that be at ESPN are, uh, are thinking with that decision out there. I do know that there has been so much chatter on social media. The people are extremely excited uh, for this game. A couple of the school districts uh, near the stadium were given a half day on Monday. Lucky sons of guns getting a half day off from work uh, would be a nice way to go for us adults here. But the feelings, Jamie, are sky high. The emotions are sky high. And when you factor in the normal energy that goes into a home opener, multiply that by a hundred, with the expectations for this year and add something on the top because it's the hated Titans who have had Buffalo's number the last couple of years come into Orchard Park.
1: It is incredible to me that these two teams end up matching up seemingly every year. This will be the fifth year in a row. And to say that these teams know each other at this point is probably an understatement. They both have had a lot of stability. They've had coaches in place for a long time. Now, granted, the Bills are looking a little bit different in the running game under Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator, but my God, here they are again. And oh, by the way, something that everybody's been forgetting, the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC last year, and that didn't happen by accident. They're a good team.
0: They are. They are definitely a good team, and, and we're going to break down the matchup here for you all on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, giving you our thoughts on key matchups to watch, key positional battles to target, and we'll give you some score predictions for the first time uh, this year because we did a pre we did a recap pod uh, after the Rams game, but with this being on a Monday and our normal slot on Sundays, you all get to enjoy a preview podcast. And before we get to the actual X's and O's breakdown from a fan perspective, Jamie hit on something that I want to talk about. This is, again, the fifth straight year the Bills and Titans are meeting up. It's the third straight year. It's been a prime time game. The Bills lost that ugly Tuesday night game uh, during the COVID ravaged year in 2020. Last year, we all know that Josh valiantly led the team downfield uh, before slipping on the ill-fated quarterback sneak, which I still wish he had gone up the center versus behind the left tackle uh, and Deion Dawkins, who was not quite 100% and got pushed around and, you know, Josh slipped on the turf and. The Bills fell 34 to 31, but this is the fifth straight year that the Bills and Titans are playing. And you might be asking yourself, how is that possible? And I'm going to give you a condensed version of how it's possible. So as we all know, there's divisional rotations amongst the schedules where you play an entire division, you know, you rotate. So the Bills play the AFC South. Uh, La- they played them in 2018. Uh, was the AFC South was the rundown which is why the Bills played the Titans that year. In 2019, it was based on where the teams finished in their respective divisions. The Bills and Titans were both third, which is why they met up that year. Then in 2020, it was again a second place Bills and second place Titans meeting up. And last year, the Bills won the division and the Titans won their division. So of course, that's why the Bills and Titans ended up matching up in 2021. So they were guaranteed to play the Titans regardless, um, last year, this year, of course, we all know the bills won their second straight divisional title as did those Tennessee Titans. So that Jamie is the reason why for five straight years, the bills and Titans are meeting up in the regular season. And What
1: AFC division are the Bills playing this year?
0: So this year, Jamie, that is a fantastic uh, question to go through the Buffalo bills have on their rundown, the AFC North is their uh, counterpart in the AFC, and they're taking on the NFC North on the other side of the conference with, again, the Packers, Bears, Vikings, and Lions on Buffalo's schedule. So this year, it's a North-centric schedule.
1: (laughs) Fortunately speaking, the Bills aren't playing the toughest uh, this year, which, you know, that's, that's fine by me. But you know what? It's early in the season, and there's no way of actually knowing how challenging the schedule is until we get into the season. The teams that you thought weren't going to be good turn out to be decent. The teams that you thought were going to be great turn out to suck. We're not going to know until halfway through if this is a, a favorable or unfavorable schedule.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, only time will tell, of course, there were some pretty crazy upsets in week one alone. And of course, week one can be an overreaction week, but we are not here to overreact we are here to properly react uh, to what the bills do on the field and what they have in front of them is a tough matchup with the tennessee titans jamie and as we all know the tennessee titans come and go and they go by derrick henry derrick henry is of course the The straw that stirs the drink to take Reggie Jackson's famous quote from the 1970s. He is an unbelievable offensive talent. And I'm not going to make the same mistake, Jamie, of asking you how the bills are going to slow down or contain Derrick Henry because there is really no stopping him. I mean, he's a physical freak. He's 6'3", 247. He's got breakaway back speed at 454. So we know that Derrick Henry is going to get his. Here's my question for you. Not asking how the Bills are going to stop him. But here's my question. Do you think the Bills' run defense is better prepared to try to contain Derrick Henry this year than they have been in the past?
1: Yes. Now, if we're throwing the injuries by the wayside and assuming that Tim Settle and Ed Oliver play, I believe that the Bills are better suited to handle the run because I think when we look at what Daquan Jones was doing last week, the way he's able to hold strong at the point of attack, that really loosens up the responsibilities of the Ed Olivers of the world, who is stronger than his size. So I think that between those two being in the starting lineup, Settle coming in, being very active, a very big guy. This team is better than the one with Star, And I mean, we love Harrison Phillips, but there are stronger run defenders out there than he is. So yes, I think the Bills are better suited to stop him. However, I have a question for you. Do we think that in his age 29 season, Derrick Henry is entering the downside of his career. I have some interesting stats to discuss.
0: I would love you. to hear your stats on that. I'll give you my off the cuff take. And I feel like it's a very difficult question to ask in general about, you know, the bills and Derrick Henry, because we, you're right. We don't know the injury status of Ed Oliver and Tim settle. They both have missed the last three practices. Um, they're up in the air for Monday. I would hope they both be able to go, but again, they're kind of listed as day-to-day uh, by head coach Sean McDermott, so only time will tell if those two play. Um, but I don't know if Derrick Henry is in the decline um, for for one reason in particular. He didn't have a lot of tread on the tires his first couple years in the league. Um, it's really only been the last four plus years I feel like where he has gone, you know, ballistic. I mean, he had that 2,000 yard season in 2020, the fifth most all time he does have 65 rushing touchdowns since 2016 and the most TD runs of 65 yards or more nine over the past five years. So I feel like he's going to be entering that decline period, but I don't think he's there quite yet. What do you say?
1: Okay, well, he has over the past The previous three years, he has led the NFL in rushing attempts, including that 2,000-yard season a few years ago in which he went over 370 attempts, which that normally is something that really weighs on a running back. We saw it with Chris Johnson with all of his uh, carries leading to a decline there. So I was going through an article by Football Outsiders and they have a statistic which they're calling broken and missed tackle percentage. So the percentage of attempts where they the running back either breaks a tackle or the defense misses a tackle. So number one last year in the NFL was Javante Williams. He had a, what they're calling BMT, a broken and missed tackle percentage of 21.7%. Number two was Devin Singletary Whoa.
0: at 21.3%. Did you see that one coming? No, no, not at all. And I'm a big fan of motor. I didn't, that, that's pretty surprising to me. Most running backs
1: hover around the 15% range and Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb were all right around there. Derek Henry came in at the sixth lowest in the league at 9.6%. Of running backs with over 200 attempts, he was the third lowest. Interesting, because that tells me that he is becoming less elusive over the course of time. And if you look at his, that percentage through his career, since 2018, he's been in a precipitous decline. 2018, his uh, broken miss tackle percentage was 237 Last year, nine point six. It's been going down every year. I interesting, right? That's a
0: very positive trend. You got to think for the Buffalo Bills in their abilities. And I, I want to say too, Jamie, we we've been given some verbal bouquets to uh, Derrick Henry, and rightfully so. But it isn't like so. You look at last year; he had one hundred and forty three yards, three touchdowns on twenty carries. But one of those was the seventy six yarder, where they could have hold, called holding. Two or three times on that play to negate the run. They didn't. But outside of that 76 yarder, the Bills contained Derrick Henry quite nicely. He had four yards or less on 15 of his 20 carries, and he only had 67 yards outside of that 76 yarder. So the Bills had a good game plan, I felt like, last year for slowing down Derrick Henry. And you got to think that Buffalo has a more bulked up defense this year. The players, on defense are bigger they're more physical last year I think Buffalo's defense excelled because they they were they were quick and they could get to the point of attack and they had speed I feel like this year they are more of a bulked up defense which is going to help when it comes to that muscle versus muscle in slowing down the power run game of the Titans who by the way have to rely on Derrick Henry even more because who is Ryan Tannehill gonna throw the ball to AJ Brown is gone Julio Jones is gone. They're relying on old friend Robert Woods and a couple of rookies in the passing game.
1: Right. And I will say this about Derrick Henry. He's going to get 20 carries. Last year, he had five 100-yard rushing games in the first eight games of the season before he broke his foot. He's coming off of a broken foot. He he is a high-volume back. And they're going to keep handing the ball off to him even late in the game, even if they're behind. But the thing is, you don't need him to be elusive. You just need to push by the offensive line and him to be able to fall forward when when they do make tackles. To be and, and that that's a, a power runner's type of efficiency. But I'm with you. I think I, I think the Bills are better prepared, like you said. And the other thing is, if you're stopping the run, you're taking away their go-to, which is the play-action pass. Ryan Tannehill is far better on play-action passes than he is straight dropbacks. Uh, there's a statistic out there. I believe he completes over 80% of his passes on play-action, and it's somewhere in the like low 55% when he's not doing play-action.
0: And those are good. Those are a big stark difference in numbers for for Ryan Tannehill, who, by the way, is also very adept as a runner. He's not as good as Josh Allen, but he's very proficient in doing design runs or breaking off a run when the pocket collapses. Um, He's quite elusive. So the Bills will have their hands full with both Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. People always talk about,
1: oh, I'm not afraid of Ryan Tannehill. And they, you know, they're like, oh, I don't think he's that good. They say the same thing about Kirk Cousins. But you know what? These guys have had long careers for a reason. These guys, they can get it done.
0: Yeah, it's it's not going to be a walk in the park. I mean, the, you don't get to be the number one seed in the AFC, you know, just by accident like they were last year. And, you know, I know that the Titans have that added motivation of knowing that they blew a game they should have won. Last week, um, they and they they had a horror. We'll get to their defensive performance, but there were many opportunities that the the Titans left on the field in losing to the Giants twenty one to twenty uh, last week. Ryan Tannehill is definitely somebody that should cause you some concern based on, like you said, his ability to complete passes on the run uh, and his ability to really be effective as in the play action passing department. But one thing that really doesn't concern me at all with Ryan Tannehill are his weapons. He does not have the skill players. Uh, Janu Smith is no longer there. Julio Jones and AJ Brown are no longer there. So really, I want to I want to ask you, Jamie, who besides Bob Woods is someone that like the Bills should be concerned with? I know that the Bills secondary is a little bit raw still without Trey White, but like who else concerns you? Are you worried at all about Traylon Burks? or their rookie wideouts? Uh,
1: no, I mean Burks isn't starting. I really don't know much about their tight end Jeff Swaim. I mean, he's got Austin Hooper on the bench, but I I think he's probably more of a blocker. The guy's 6'4" 260. Uh he only had 4 targets last week. So I yeah, I I don't I don't really know anything about him. Um so I this is the type of team that I can say I'm not concerned about, but the thing is, they got a couple of rookies out there. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. And if they're good enough to be on the field, perhaps there's something to them.
0: Yeah, I think that the Titans, what they're going to do well is they got a really solid offensive line led by ultimate villain Taylor Wan, who I just can't stand at the left tackle spot. Um, there's some uncertainty. They've got a rookie um, Nicholas Petit Frere starting at the right tackle spot, but there's some consistency that they have along the offensive line. But their other starting wideout is a guy named Nick Westbrook Akine, who I couldn't tell you the first thing about. Um, I know Robert Woods is a possession receiver who excelled uh, in the Rams system last year. And I know that the the Titans, we know that they're going to try to spread out and do the play action, and pound Derrick Henry, and make sure that Tannehill doesn't make his mistakes. So I, I feel like the Bills' offense should be able to outscore the Titans' offense. Like, And the Titans don't want this game getting into the high 20s or low 30s because they just don't have the weapons to compete with Josh Allen and the Bills on offense.
1: Right, and let's face it. A.J. Brown is a tremendous player. They knew that they couldn't keep him. They traded him to to the Eagles and he's showing that he showed in week one that he's what we thought he was (laughs) a a great receiver and AJ Brown over the past few years had just eaten the bills alive because he's exactly the kind of receiver that gives the bills DB's fits. He's a big bodied, you know, thick tall guy. And, you know, looking at what they're putting out there, that being the Titans, you know they, they've got some height, but the Bills are playing some different players. The issue in the past was always the starting DB opposite Trey White wasn't big enough to handle that. Well, now you got a couple of rookies playing for the Bills that, while they don't have a lot of uh, a lot of experience, physically they're a bit more imposing than our old friend who went to Pittsburgh is.
0: Yeah, Levi Wallace can't hold a candle to what. You know, Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam bring with their physicality as the rookies. Um, the Bills should have Dean Jackson back. He was a practice participant today, so expect to see him suiting up there on Monday night. And I feel like we've kind of given you a good breakdown of how the Bills match up defensively versus the Titans on offense. <laughs> Let's flip the script here and talk about Buffalo's offense. And Jamie, I'm going to put something out there that I think the Bills should follow to a T when it comes to Monday night. I know, Mm -hmm. I know Bills fans want to see Josh Allen throw the ball and chuck it all over the yard. I want this game to be a script where Buffalo tries to establish the run and maybe it's Josh Allen getting them early with their design runs. The Tennessee Titans are not good on paper At stopping the run. And, and what I'll say to back that up, they're poor tackling they're missing. They had, I believe 11 or 12 missed tackles against Saquon Barkley. Now, isn't that, that's, that's despicable for a defense to whiff 12 times. And I know Saquon Barkley is a rejuvenated back and I'm not comparing Devin Singletary to Saquon Barkley in their elusiveness, but I think the bills have the playmakers to draw up a script where they can take a page out of Brian Dable's playbook from last weekend and effectively run the ball down the Titans' throats.
1: Saquon Barkley had 18 carries for 164 yards. That's over nine yards per carry, including uh, a 68-yarder. You had Daniel Jones averaging over four yards a carry. Matt Breda, our old friend, averaged almost five (laughs) yards a carry. Are you kidding me here? Uh, Kadarius Tony did a couple of uh, jet sweeps. He averaged over 11 yards per carry. This is this is a team that can be run on. Daniel Jones only put the ball in the air 21 times for the entire game. If if you can find a way to beat this team and Josh Allen only throws it 21 times. I would be happy as a pig and shit.
0: (laughs) Well, now I've got this great visual in my head of Jamie rolling around in some shit out there, like (laughs) a pig and getting all happy and satisfied. But uh, I, I I, I'm with you. So here's the thing. The Titans defense, their strength is the secondary and they're kind of like the bills where their safeties are better than their corners, especially for the bills without Trey white being active. Kevin Byard and Amani hooker are two outstanding safeties at the back of their defense and their corners are up and coming. I know that um, they're missing Harold Landry uh, in the past rushing game, and that's a big loss for them. But Jeffrey Simmons is back and their corners, Christian Fulton and Roger McCreary are pretty solid. So the way that you want to beat these Titans is exactly what the bills are. I think are going to try to do when it comes to their game plan on Monday. And Ken Dorsey knows this Ken Dorsey is a smart offensive coordinator. He had a quote earlier this week where he says, I love our running back room. I really believe in those guys. I've got a lot of trust in those guys. And I know that Singletary is not Saquon Barkley, but I think it would be a mistake for the Bills to not go for a run heavy script early on, because again, that's where the Titans are vulnerable.
1: I a hundred percent agree because you know, Bud Dupree is a good pass rusher Roger McCreary from all accounts, he had a, a really nice training camp and he's a rookie that people were questioning he, because he was incredibly productive at Auburn, but he didn't test particularly well. You know, he wasn't fast, but the guy's a playmaker. Now, Caleb Fairley, their first round pick last year. Uh, you know, he was supposed to be good and he just can't get on the field with them. Uh but I'm hundred percent with you. Like, I don't want Kevin Bayard I don't want to give Kevin Byard the opportunity to make plays or Amani Hooker. They're they're excellent, and Kevin Byard is not only good roaming the deep middle, but he's physical and will come up and make plays in the run game too.
0: And that's where I feel like the Bills have the upper hand in the plethora of options. I mean, you could even see more of the Isaiah McKenzie jet sweeps, uh, like you said, Kadarius Tony pulled off last week for the Giants, the Bills have those playmakers to exploit what the Titans do not do well. And I think this is a really fascinating matchup on paper. Now, I'm not saying the Bills don't come out and try to get the run going by having a couple of shots early on. I mean, Josh Allen is one of the best deep ball throwers in the league, but I think it would be a mistake To discount this matchup and say the bills shouldn't turn to the run because this is a game where the bills offensive line and especially how sweet would it be for roger saffold to get out there and he knows these titans very well having played for them before if him and the offensive line can have their way with the tennessee titans who are also having a bit of injury problems to deal with as well we mentioned that Landry, Harold Landry is out for the year. Uh, cornerback Christian Fulton is banged up. He did not practice. So you might have an inexperienced safety, an inexperienced secondary out there for the Bills to go after. Um, I think this all points to Jamie, the the Bills having the advantage. Uh, what do you think, what is your, like, we've talked about the running game and getting the ground game going, but like, what what am I missing? Is there a piece of the offense that you want to see the Bills go after and attack that Tennessee does not do well? I-
1: no, this is really it. I want to see the Bills control the clock in this game. I Because if it comes down to it and it's a close game, I believe that the Bills have the firepower to pull it out. Um, may, maybe you get up on them early and take them out of the run game, but I want to see them run the ball. And I, take the air out of the ball in this game, get Devin Singletary's first 100-yard rushing game, uh, get the other running backs a couple of touches, and make it a short game, go home.
0: I think that's that's a huge philosophy right there, Jamie. Milk the clock. You know, Just because the Bills can throw for 400 yards doesn't mean they need to uh, in this game. And I, I want to see the Bills put that versatility on display. But one thing I want to not see as much of, I want the Bills to be careful with Josh Allen with the design runs. And I know he is an outstanding yes. dual threat. We know how great of a rusher he is. but there was one play in particular against the Rams where Josh took off and he might've gotten two or three yards and he kind of put his body in the air and it did that kind of helicopter spin. And you're like, Oh my gosh, he's getting hit. He's absorbing the blows. The Titans have the physical playmakers on defense to inflict punishment. When Josh runs, I want them to be careful and cautious with Josh running the ball this week.
1: They're a physical team, and that's the identity of the head coach, Mike Vrabel. No matter what's going to happen, no matter how successful the Tennessee Titans are, they're always going to be a physical team because that's that's what Vrabel is. Dude, Josh, get down. (laughs) It's the second game of the season. We need you for the playoffs. Get down. Don't take the hits. Throw the ball away. You know, live to fight another day. You know, it's getting a first down is great. Punting the ball. Yeah, nobody likes doing that. I <laughs> <laughs> What the Bills have like not punted in what four out of their last six games. Something ridiculous like that. They
0: said that the Bills um, were the first team since I believe 1939 to have a stretch of four no punt games in a six game stretch. Oh my god. That's <laughs> awesome. And I think Jamie that one of the keys for for Josh Allen is going to be that offensive line performed extremely well against Aaron Donald and the Rams in the opener and they they performed very well in their first test of the season. Josh took his time to a certain extent. He got the ball out so quickly, he found their hot receiver, he found the right route runner uh, right off of the snap. So I feel like If he's able to make those quick throws and the O-line performs well against the Titans who, despite missing uh, Harold Landry for the season, they still got five sacks of Daniel Jones. So this is a very potent pass rush. It's going to be a tantamount for the Bills to have Josh Allen have that quick release and quick identification of who's open to not take his time in the pocket. That's another way to avoid those punishing hits.
1: Absolutely. I I, I just couldn't agree with that more.
0: Now, one thing, Jamie, I want to say that um, I feel like is going to be uh, an X factor for Tennessee is the crowd. And, you know, as much as we saw and the Seattle Seahawks get a ton of love for their 12th man, but I am calling for there to be at least three, maybe four false starts or delay of game penalties against the Titans because that place is going to be lit on Monday night. And I feel like that's an area where, man, we are going to take advantage and make Ryan Tannehill uncomfortable.
1: I, yes, this man, I mean, the, the kids are getting a half day at school. Like this is something that Bill's fans have been building toward. The franchise has been building toward this. This is the season and everybody knows it. So how are the fans going to show their support for the team by screaming <laughs> by banging on the bleachers it, it's it's going to be a fantastic environment and that's exactly the kind of thing that you want on a national broadcast is for for viewers from other cities to see the crazies in the crowd it, it's just it's <laughs> to me It's absolutely the best of all worlds getting the home opener, a Monday night game.
0: Oh, all day. The fans will be thinking about this. They'll be tailgating. Let's hope the weather right now is calling for a bit of rain uh, during the day and into the evening. Cause of course the bills can't get a nice home weather game. I mean, we've had such ink, such weather stretches where there's been rain and snow and, not your typical nice fall day, but I think the Bills match up very well in the whatever elements that Mother Nature wants to throw you know, their way. So we've kind of gone through, Jamie, and given our, our thoughts on this matchup, give me your prediction for this game. What do you see happening? And give me a score prediction.
1: I see the Bills winning this one 33-17
0: dude, sign me up for a two score victory. The bonus 2 score the 16.2 touchdown two point conversion victory. That would be a dominant performance. Um, Does anything concern you about this game?
1: Yeah, I think that Mike Vrabel is a good coach. They're a physical team. And if the bills aren't scoring straight away, they're going to have a hard time getting the ball back because that's how That's how the Titans run their offense. If they run the ball well, that opens up that play action pass. The Bills have notoriously not been good against play action. That's my concern.
0: Valid points out there. I think we've talked about all of the reasons for concern, but at the end of the day, when you weigh the pros and the cons, I feel optimistic about this game. I don't think it's going to be, I don't know. I feel like the Bills know what they have with the Titans, and the Titans are one of those teams that Buffalo needs to dethrone to get this revenge tour really going. You know I mean? They, they made a statement over the Rams, and that was great. But this is an AFC game against a fellow playoff team, a fellow playoff participant that has had your number. The Bills have lost the last two to Tennessee in heartbreaking fashion. I think there's several differences, though, between last year's team and this year's team. I think Roger Saffold makes a huge difference. On the offensive line, I think Dequan Jones is going to be a difference maker on the defensive side of things with, again, the physicality of the interior for the D-line in slowing down Derrick Henry. And I think the crowd is going to be wild. I say Buffalo wins this one 30-20. They get off to a nice hot start. They milk the clock. Josh gets a couple of touchdown passes. The defense plays extremely well. I think the cornerbacks, this is another great confidence-building week for Christian Benford and Kair Elam matching up against subpar wide receivers as they hold down the fort without Trey White. So sign me up for a Bills 10-point victory to get to 2-0 on the year.
1: I, I, I'm i there for that.
0: And, buddy, you can follow along. Uh, the game will be telecast nationally again at 7.15. Don't forget, this is not an 8.20 kickoff. 7.15 p.m on Monday night. Bills fans, we want to hear your thoughts. Do you think we're crazy? We are. Or do you like our predictions and how the Bills are going to fare this week against the Tennessee Titans? You can get involved on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico and I am at John Bacassino. Tweet at us what you think the score is going to be, the X factors for this game. And of course, you can comment on the article on buffalorumblings.com. Jamie, however you watch the game on Monday night, enjoy yourself, buddy.
1: Thanks, man. It's going to be with a big crowd of people outdoors.
0: And uh, it absolutely will be an electric atmosphere. And fair warning, if you call me on Tuesday or Wednesday, my voice is probably going to be shot. So text is the preferred method of communication there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and we love you, Bills Mafia, for checking out our podcast. This has been this week's episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Enjoy the home opener. Be safe and go Bills.